Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This morning on the third hour of today, World Cup controversy. Strong reaction to this moment during Spain's victory celebration. The head of the country's soccer association kissing a player on the lips. Her reaction and his apology that some say doesn't go far enough. Then later, our high-speed consumer confidential. Our clutch performer, Vicky Wynn, gets behind the wheel to show us why manual transmissions are roaring back to popularity and how shifting gears could save you money. Plus, back-to-school hacks to get organized. From packing lunches to an adorable pool noodle, we're helping make this school year the best one yet. And Chef Ann Burrell is here to take care of dinner with the pasta dish she says will transport you straight to Italy. That's all ahead today, Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning and welcome to the third hour of today. I'm Chanel here with Craig and Dylan. Al is enjoying a well-deserved day off as he celebrates his birthday week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, no, he's working. Yeah, he's coming no, back tomorrow. He's coming back tomorrow, right? He's on a shoot somewhere. Oh, that's right. He is working today. Yeah. Dang. He's on a set. Sorry, Al. Yeah. Well, hopefully you enjoy back you are. <laughs> it's a busy day. A lot to talk about today. We're going to begin uh, with that World Cup controversy. Uh, it has nothing to do with what happened on the field, but rather a moment during the championship celebration. It's what people are buzzing about today. The head of Spain's soccer federation under fire today and apologizing for a kiss. NBC's Kelly Cobier is live with the latest. Hey, Kelly. Hey, good morning. Yeah, the Spanish women's team and their fans should be celebrating and savoring this big win, right? But instead, their victory is somewhat clouded by a moment many fans and others say never should have happened. Overnight, a world champion homecoming for Spain's women in Madrid. Coming off the plane to a victory parade, the team celebrating with thousands of fans cheering them on after their first ever World Cup win. Midfielder Jenny Hermoso, ecstatic Sunday. It's the best feeling I've ever felt, she says. The players getting hugs as they received their medals. And then this. Spanish Football Association president Luis Rubiales kisses Hermoso on the lips, holding her head in his hands. Minutes later, as the team partied in the locker room, Hermoso says of the kiss, I didn't like it. The backlash in Spain, swift. A headline in the top-selling newspaper El País read, Jenny didn't like the kiss, neither did we. Spain's culture minister on X, formerly known as Twitter, calling it an act of sexual violence. The Spanish football president at first dismissed criticism, but last night, this apology. Rubiales said in part he regretted his actions and he was wrong, but there was no bad intention. We saw it as natural, he added, but I have to apologize, learn from this, and understand that when you're president, you have to be more careful. Hermoso released her own statement, saying she has a great relationship with Rubiales, and the kiss was a natural expression of affection and gratitude, adding, I'm a world champion, and that's what matters. If this were to happen in the United States, this would be considered sexual harassment slash sexual assault. I, I mean, 100%. To see some prominent voices from within Spain say, this crossed the line, that to me shows that 
this is kind of beyond what we may consider a cultural norm, beyond what we may consider a moment of, of emotion. Some are now calling for Rubiales to resign. An apology should not be enough, this fan says. But fans and players say nothing will overshadow what the women have achieved. And so how is Jenny Hermoso uh, feeling about this this morning? Well, you might say she's not losing any sleep. Take a look at this picture she posted posing in bed with the trophy, copying that iconic uh, shot by Lionel Messi after his World Cup win with Argentina last year. Yeah, she's loving it, guys. I love that. <laughs> well deserved. How Look could she not? Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Congrats. Mm-hmm. It really does continue to amaze me how Team USA, the women here in our country, how quickly they have been able to get people excited about women's soccer. I love it. Soccer. And rally around the you know, sport. Yeah, it's good for the sport. Yeah, it's great for soccer. It is. Uh, we want to turn to some medical news now, some headlines that are getting attention this morning, including a rise in COVID cases as we head into the fall. Also, New vaccine guidelines protect against a common virus. Here to break down what we need to know, one of our favorites, NBC News <laughs> medical contributor, Dr. Natalie Azar. Dr. Morning. Natalie, good, good morning. Good morning. So earlier this year, the, the, the FDA approved, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they approved this RSV vaccine for people over the age of 60. Yeah. Then yesterday, they announced that pregnant women were also eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit more. Who's eligible for the new vaccine? Who should rush out to get it? Maybe who should not? Yeah. So first of all, just can we take a moment to appreciate that we're going to head into flu and RSV and COVID season with these tools in the toolbox that for RSV true. that we did not have that is very a year true. ago. There were right? times where you were sitting in that chair and we were really yeah. Think about it. Like the majority of kids by the age of two have been exposed to RSV mm-hmm. um, and we had nothing to protect yeah. them and we had this yeah. onslaught of cases. So yes, so there was a vaccine approved for adults over the age of 60 and yesterday the FDA signed off on the same vaccine for pregnant women between the ages of between the ages, between gestational age or weeks 32 and 36 weeks of pregnancy, as well as for individuals who might have underlying heart or lung disease or who are immunocompromised. You know, myself in rheumatology, I'm waiting for my national organization to suggest that our patients who are immunocompromised should get this vaccine. The vaccine can be associated with some significant side effects that they Mm. are monitoring for. So it might not be a universal everyone over the age of 60. This is definitely a talk to your doctor one, but nonetheless, that's very, very good news. I feel like the symptoms of RSV are similar to a cold. They sure are. Um, yeah. And then also, if you're the, the youngest ones, yeah. what do we have? Like zero to eight months. What yes. do you do for them? So we, we talked about this a lot. For the, for the majority of people who get RSV, it is a big nuisance. Runny nose, fever, cough, wheezing, trouble breathing. But in susceptible or vulnerable, especially newborns, because they have such small airways, they can get something called bronchiolitis, which is inflammation or pneumonia. We we have a monoclonal antibody treatment that was also oh, wow. approved this year for kids between the ages of zero to eight months and also a little bit older if they still have risk factors. It's a one-time shot in the muscle, and you're basically giving them the antibodies to protect them oh, against man. RSV. So awful Three tools. Those little babies trying to breathe when yes. that gets yes. all swollen. Um, so we've been talking a lot about COVID yeah. and the uptick in COVID. 
Are, are we back at a point where we should be masking up indoors? Uh, the the So, you know how we used to talk about case counts? Mm-hmm. We are not tracking case counts. We know that cases are vastly underreported because people are not getting tested mm-hmm. as readily as they once were. So the CDC is looking at hospitalization, hospitalizations and ICU admissions, as well as wastewater data to see upticks in COVID. Okay. If you are a person who is more likely to get sick, if you live with someone who's more likely to have a severe outcome, or you're really worried about long COVID, should you be masking in, in public indoor spaces? Go ahead and mask in indoor spaces on public transportation. I think that's still an independent personal decision you make on your own risk assessment. Right. Okay. I want to go back to something you just said there, mm-hmm. not to put you on the spot. The fact that we've stopped tracking case counts. Yeah. Why is that? Because think about it. The vast majority of us, or, or maybe or maybe not, you have a sniffle, you have a little sore throat, you get better well, in a couple of days, you yeah. never test. That's what's happening. Got and it. after it is though. harder to yeah. test. You said it's I just yesterday. Out. I have a cold. I just wanted right? to be careful. Yeah, I waited 45 minutes in the yeah. minor emergency room. And it's, it's, all the tests were gone. Yeah. And when the public health emergency ended, you're no longer guaranteed to get reimbursement from insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Those tests are expensive. Yeah. So yeah. that's why. COVID booster, it's expected to be approved later? Yeah. It's well? supposed to be um, approved in, in, in and be available by the second or third week in, in September. And we also had this recent study about which arm should you get the booster mm-hmm. in. Oh. And they somebody actually looked at this. See, we have people who are very interested in these <laughs> things. And they found that there was a slightly better response if you got the booster in the same arm that you got your previous vaccines oh, in. Do you remember how we used to talk about like you could get a swollen yeah. lymph node and yes. stuff? It's all about like where that immune reservoir is. So if you have the option, maybe get it in the same arm. Mm. Wow. Immune like reservoir. All coming back. Like yeah. Do you like that immune like reservoir? That. Okay. Natalie, Thank you. Paying attention. Thank you. You're going to go see patients now too, aren't you? I am. God bless you. <laughs> Busy woman. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, now let's get to another story that hits a little close to home for maybe someone on my left uh, here at the table. A <laughs> not, new re- not this left. <laughs> a new report from the BBC found that the rates of lost luggage may be on the decline. I disagree. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish oh. the story. So apparently, <laughs> to your credit, they reached the highest in a decade in 2022, lost bags, largely due to airlines just really struggling to get back up to speed after the pandemic. But now the IT company CETA, CETA? Anyway, uh, they shared early data with the BBC that shows a downward trend in lost luggage in 2023. Now, NBC, we haven't seen the numbers, but we do have access to one person who may not agree. I, but I do think for folks who perhaps have not been following yeah. um, your saga, Dylan went to Italy. Her bags did not go to Italy, all of them at least. So you, you lost a fair well, amount of luggage. Well, now I'm thinking you're in Amsterdam. Why? If anybody happens to go through <laughs> yeah. Based Amsterdam Airport, because uh, do you remember when Misty Bellis was on the show from yeah. Virtuoso? I told her my whole story because yeah. I tell everyone my whole story. And she had someone who was near Catania Airport who and looked, went and looked for went your bag for me. And she said, it is not there. I yeah. promise you it's not there. So maybe it's narrowed down to Amsterdam. So if anybody wants to check yeah. out the luggage part. Well, you're not alone. I mean, you know, including the usually air, people airline. get them back. Like my family just traveled and it took two weeks, but they got it back. We're going on a month now. But, the, but the, according to the report, though, it's gotten <laughs> it's better gotten than Better. It's just not. So you're an outlier. I am. Exactly. You're an outlier. Good luck. We're gonna. We, here's what we're going to do. We're going. We're going to commit as a friend group. What are we committing to? We're going to help Dylan get this luggage back. No, everybody what? stopped helping, I got, including the airline. When we the, the Adidas jumpsuits I got for the boys were they? No, I had those. They when were, we come they back, were wearing those. When we come back, we're on the money with the woman known to millions on TikTok as your rich BFF. That's what I want to be. For for you, Dylan. One day. One day. So the Rich BFF is here to share some financial advice, including how to figure out what she calls 
our set for life number. That's a set for life a number. A set for life. Then a little bit later in Consumer Confidential, muscle car enthusiast Vicki Wynn, <laughs> who just poked her head out from back behind the oh, data she wall. Uh, she's going to be here to tell us why stick shift cars could be back in stock. Back. Third hour of today. Rolling on right after this. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we saw you. We saw you. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. This morning in our series on the money, a lesson in how to take control of your financial wellness. And we brought in a personal finance educator. Her name's Vivian Tu. Vivian's a, a former Wall Street trader who shares her money knowledge. She's on the TikTok, y'all. She's all on over TikTok. TikTok. And she's known <laughs> so on TikTok as your rich BFF. And oh, by the way, she's coming out with her first book later this year. And here's the title. Rich AF, <laughs> a winning money mindset that will change your life. Vivian, we're so excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for having no, me. No, you, you maintain that financial wellness mm-hmm. is, is essentially the key. Before we dig in, like, what does that even mean, financial wellness? Yeah. So I think when we talk about finances, everyone's like, okay, budgeting, saving, investing, and they think about it as a piece, each piece, something that you do. But financial wellness is actually having comfort financially, holistically speaking. So it's, it's like eating well and getting enough sleep and working out. You want to do all of those things together because the sum is greater than, you know, the parts. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're doing all of those things so that when you can choose to have goals, yeah. you're able to effectively hit That's them. Good. Making decisions from a place of abundance. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to be strong in your decision making. You don't want to say like, oh, I have to do this. You want to say, I choose to do this. And that comes when it comes to your career. That's when you're thinking about how you spend your money, how you save your money and how you invest your money. So having abundance allows you to make smarter, more strategic money decisions. Okay. In your videos, you talk about a set for life number. Mm -hmm. How do we figure out what that number should be? Yeah. So your set for life number is essentially how much money you would need to have invested so that your investment returns could essentially fund your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the way we calculate this is we all close our eyes for a second and think about your perfect year. Mm. How much money? When I'm retired? Yes. When you're retired, look, just how much money you would need. And this is enough that you don't have to make any major sacrifices, but again, you're not buying a private yacht to go float around in the South of France. Yeah. Your realistic number. And then you divide this number for one year 
by 0.04, which essentially equates to 4%, which is a very conservative investment return. Mm -hmm. And then the number you end up with is how much money you would need to have invested so that you would get enough returns to fund that lifestyle. Will you be my friend? Yeah. But Vivian, doesn't that that presuppose there's not some sort of major life event? That is true. Like long-term illness or long-term care, that your kids aren't deadbeats and they end up living with you for 20 years? Well, this is the great thing about your set for life number is that you can keep recalculating it. Ah. So this is something that you can do in your 20s, again, in your 30s, when you have a family and a partner and kids and you've got your first home, second home, like your set for life number is going to change. Mm -hmm. But- it really depends on your goals. For some people, their goal is to retire by 30 and live in an Airstream. That's not my goal. Right. Just put that out That's there. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Wait, but- let me squeeze this in because I want to get to some of the, you have actual, you know, tips here. Do we have time? Yes. Okay, yeah. we do. So let's say people are like, okay, how do I get rich, right? Mm-hmm. Actually really do it. You have something called the strip method. Yep. Let's try to get through these if you can. Yes, I'll be quick. Okay. So. First and foremost, you want to have an emergency fund. If you're younger, if you're single, three to six months, I think is perfectly fine. If you've got a family, got a mortgage, I'm looking at more than six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. Um, Put that in a high yield savings account so your money can earn you money while it just sits and waits. T stands for total debt. Essentially, I'm very impatient. So I rank debt from highest to lowest interest rate and pay it down in that order. Mm -hmm. That way you can spend the least paying interest and pay it off in the fastest time frame. Mm-hmm. R stands for retirement. You want to make sure that not only are you saving and investing for retirement in things like a 401k or a Roth IRA, but you're also getting those tax benefits. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people make this mistake, but it's not enough to just put the money in those retirement accounts. You have to do I, invest it. So yes. to buy investments, things like target date retirement funds or index funds that track the market. And then last but not least, P stands for plan. You got to have that plan. You have to have those goals and calculate your set for life number. I'm glad you mentioned mutual funds, ETFs, and index funds really quickly. Budgeting. We always talk about how essential it is for an individual and certainly a family to have a budget. You you contend there's an easy way to do that. Oh, super easy. It's called the 50-30-20 method. And all you have to do is think about your take-home pay. 50% goes towards needs. So your rent, your groceries, 30% goes towards wants, so that mani-pedi, those drinks with your friends, and then 20% goes towards saving, investing, and debt pay down. Mm. You're great. This is really helpful. Yeah, really, really good. I'd love to. Chanel and Dylan want you to be their BFF. I want you to be my rich BFF. (laughs) They want to be rich AF. I'll text you. Okay, coming up, we're switching gears in our Consumer Confidential. Vicki Wynn is here to tell us about a throwback in the auto industry, and she's going to take us all along on the wild ride. The third hour today, we'll be back in just 60 seconds. All right, Vicky's going to take us for a spin. We are back with the motor trend in our consumer confidential. Curious drivers are seeking out manual... Senior consumer investigative correspondent, Vicky Wynn, hopped into the driver's seat to show us why. Wait, hey, this Vicky. is epic. This Isn't setup, cool? I did not know. Are there thi- wow, we got like it's a, a whole real, thing. Like everything is functional. I'm yeah. like, this is my own car. So Good morning to you Good all. morning. So you might be asking, why would people drive a stick shift when new technology makes it so easy to drive? You just yes. push a button. You don't even need any keys anymore. Mm-hmm. But in a word, it's, oh, it's, it's fun. Bouncing. It's fun to have your hand on the stick. I had a stick shift. It was my first car. Look at you guys. Yeah, you're bouncing along. Okay, thank you. I hadn't driven a stick in nearly 20 years. We found the best instructor to help me rev up my skills, a NASCAR champ. Nice. Drift, slide, side to side. But before we get into my skills behind the wheel, let's revisit that time in 2019. 
When Dylan and Al taught Craig and Chanel how to drive with a manual transmission. I didn't even feel you change it. Because I'm that good. Chanel eventually got the hang of it. For Craig, driving wasn't even the hardest part. Okay. I mean, have I mean, you driven a car before? Have you ever driven a car? You know what? Can you keep it down back there, please? <laughs> and while he'll never earn the nickname Craig Earnhardt, Al, maybe. As for me in 2023, you decide. Let's take it for a spin. Alright, alright, so that's not exactly how it went, but I was in for some fun. Today we're outside City Field here in Queens, New York, and this, this is the brand new Mustang Dark Horse. It is a manual transmission car. I can't wait to take it for a spin. Problem is, the last time I drove a stick was 15 years ago, but lucky for me, look who we have here, NASCAR Hi. driver, Coca-Cola 600 champion, Ryan Blaney. Hi, thank you so much you? for being here. Yeah. So there is a rise in interest in these manual transmission cars. What's the appeal, Ryan? I feel like the appeal of manuals is it kind of makes the driver feel one with the car. You're engaged. It, yeah, that's a great word. It makes you very engaged with the car. So I'm really excited to show you around it. Okay, so you'll stay with me as I kind of like go oh, yeah. through the bumps? I got you. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right. I'm the first TV journalist to drive the dark horse. I know, tough assignment. What is the first thing I should be thinking about? So first thing is left foot in on the clutch. Okay. As you're letting your left foot off the clutch, and you know, your right foot's going down to the gas and it's like at an even motion. And so a lot of people kind of dump the clutch and that's when you get like the big herky jerky. Did you bring a bar bag? Yeah. There we go. All right, all right. You know, it's like riding the bike. I'm picking it back up again. Yeah. And you know what? This, I have to pay attention when I'm driving a stick. There's no time for texting and being on the phone. Your right hand's working, your left hand's on the steering wheel. You're not gonna be on your phone, right? While stick shifts accounted for 1.3% of sales in the U.S. in June, searches for new manual cars are up 13%. It's a bright spot in an otherwise downward trend. In 2000, more than 15% of new and used cars sold by CarMax were manual. By 2020, it was only 2.4%. Compare that to electric vehicles, which now make up 5% of car sales. Let's switch gears and have you show me how it's really done. Okay, yeah? let's do it. <laughs> but before we do, Ryan revs up the settings on the car. Ooh, you put it on some sort of race flag mode. We're gonna have some fun. I'm excited. You can't do worse than I did. I actually went off the track. Woo, yeah, here we go. So what mode are we in right now? Woo, super fun mode. Yeah, super fun mode. What do I smell? Is that rubber? Yeah. <laughs> that was like real life Fast and Furious, Ryan. Yeah, I don't recommend anyone doing that on Definitely. the roads. But we were here, we were safe, and I'm happy you had fun. Ford's manual transmission Bronco is also seeing a spike in interest. There's a lot more people ordering them and you can definitely tell that they're getting becoming more popular. Autumn Schwalbe is a future product planner for Ford's performance cars. She says aside from the fun of driving a stick, manuals can be cheaper too. On average, stick shifts cost nearly $1,800 less than automatics. What are your friends saying about manual transmission? I do know a lot of people that are super willing to learn at my age. As for me, I finished in victory lane. I didn't have to do much teaching, so I was, I'm was. i just happy I just get to sit here and ride. Best journalist driver of the day? By far. <laughs> Your check will be in the mail later. <laughs>
were achieving there. That was super fun. I did go off the course once, but we don't have to talk about that. In the old days, by the way, stick shift drivers, they saw gas-saving benefits. But nowadays, all new fully automatic cars, they've been programmed to match the fuel efficiency of manual cars. And we also know the move to electric vehicles is happening. EVs obviously don't have a gearbox, but Toyota is developing an electric vehicle sports car that will not only simulate the sound of an engine revving, but it also have a gear shift. You just won't be changing any gears. But you actually love driving a stick, oh, right, Dylan? I love driving a stick. I just think, it, you know, you're driving mindlessly, but when right. you drive a stick, like, you're you actually to be engaged. listening to the car. Yes. You're engaged with everything. You're mindful and present. Sorry, yeah. it's a little late. What if you don't want to <laughs> be arrived. engaged while you drive? You should. Well, yeah, you should. You don't want to I mean, not, like, distracted, right. but... Right. Yeah. I know. Well, well, that's like, why. Feel the car. It's, right. It's I love that. Make it a comeback. That was fun, Vicky. And you're a great stick shift driver. you are really good. All right, maybe you should hold the wheel, though. All right, when we come back, we are taking the stress out of back to school with hacks to get organized for you and your kids. And then later, dinner is served. Chef Amberell is here to bring us a taste of Italy. We'll be right back. My bags? Oh, wait. Oh, stop. (laughs) Hey, guys. Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, and yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free wherever you download your podcasts. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Oh my goodness, it's hard to believe back to school season is here and getting back into that routine can certainly be tough. So this morning we are going to share some organization hacks for a smooth start to the year. And of course, here to help is Shannon Doherty, also known as At Home with Shannon on TikTok. Shannon, good morning. Thanks for having me back. You're always so so creative and all these ideas were like, oh, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) But this one is genius. This is one of my all-time favorites. Back to school organizing is key. The mornings are crazy and I think the most things that you can get organized, the better. Yeah. So water bottles were something that yes. were all over my so house. Good. They take Where up the all lids? the cabinets. Where are the straws? Just hang them with a shoe organizer over any door. This will change That's your smart. life. We love it. And over-the-door shoe organizer is my best friend for yeah. back to school because I even will use one in the art room for art supplies, yeah, see everything. snacks for snack pantry. Idea. Be for all, all eight of your kids. I, well, I'm just thinking my boys, like, they <laughs> lose their so- water bottles all the time. <laughs> but even, like, the bowls and the forks. The, the bowls, the cute. forks. If you have extra straws, lids, just put them all. Save space in win. your cabinets. Love it's it. a total, win. total win. All right. Okay. This is, let me tell you, this is also a win because my wife, Lindsay, you know, I'm here. It's She's at home getting the kids off, and lunch time, lunch packing time is always an ordeal. Always an ordeal. For me in the morning, I found that was taking the most time. So I like to find things that my kids can help me with, and this is called a make your own lunch station. Oh, 
today, on Sundays, all meal prep in little bins. I'll do proteins, grains, veggies, fruits. Perfect. So in the morning, they go down and they get their lunch boxes and they make their own lunch. So they just grab. They just grab. Like my kids are like, hey, those Lucky Charms, put them in a Ziploc bag. Nope, they'll pick out a few. Lucky Charms for lunch. I mean, kind of. It's okay. We do Lucky Charms. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can put that in the tree bin. But this is great. My kids love it. So then they just grab what they grab one. It's a pick one from each station. I love that. Pack your own lunch. Mom can be doing other things. Oh, that they is love so the independence. Smart. I, I love, love the time. Right. You have a great oh, idea. Man. You have a great idea for little ones learning to tie their shoes. Yes. I love this. To tie. Well, this is actually well, put, put your on shoes, the shoes on the on. right feet. Because I am that mom that did not realize till we were oh, out the door cute. that they had shoes <laughs> on, on the wrong feet. feet. Yes. So, so take a scissor, cut it in half, put half a sticker oh, on each so side of the shoe. Oh. And when the sticker connects, you have your shoes on the right feet. How cute is that? And they have them on at school. Oh, my goodness. That's cute. Now, way to organize all those back to school art papers and pictures and everything. We had them all over our house. Now I make memory boxes. Beginning of the year, you can separate them by month. And just when they bring something home, you take it, you put it in that folder. Or you can also do them yearly where you just have them for, you know. Right. Every other, like, you can do one for all the years put together. But let me ask you this. So, like, when they graduate from high school. What do you do with all these boxes? <laughs> well, you can start to keep combining them down. So every okay. five years, kind of go through right. them. I love put it. Them I was telling Chanel, I, I give it to, to them when they get married. Yeah, that's what my dad just tried to. But I was telling Chanel, I wait a few months till the end of the year and then go through it because you're not as emotionally not attached totally. to it. Totally. And then I throw half the stuff out. That yeah. is cute. two more. Yeah. So easy ideas to morning routine again to keep your kids independent. Oh, I print these for them, and they can each they kind of get race everything. in the mornings when they do it. They put it up oh, and they go through the really routine cute. and they know they're ready. My kids love that one. And first this day of so school cute. pictures. So That's your feeds are always flooded with pictures of first day of school. <laughs> so Make your stand out with this pool noodle. I made it with a pool noodle. Oh, oh my construction paper. And I put little felt Seriously, letters on Shannon, it. Shannon, like you're putting this to shame. <laughs> this is really <laughs> easy. This is one of my all-time favorites. And so I love it. Oh, that is really cute. Yeah. Shannon, we love when you're here. Thank you guys This motivates us to get ready back for the school, school year. Ready. Thank you. you Happy back it. to school. Happy Thank you so much. My daughter's starting first grade. I may take that. You can take this one. Since it may be you've already done the work. Exactly. Uh, when we come back, now that we've helped you organize, we are going to take care of dinner as well. Yay. Look who's back. Chef Ann Burrell, yeah. she's in the kitchen to help us make one of her favorite dishes. It's this pasta dish that the entire family will love. Third hour of today, right back after this. Thanks, guys. All right, this morning on Today Food, put away that jar sauce because we are going to jazz up pasta tonight. And we're going to do it with some help from Chef Ann Burrell. She is back in the latest season of Food Network's Worst Cooks in America. This is where she she transform she transforms kitchen rookies into experts, kitchen veterans. And this morning, Anne is going to show us show us rookies how to make one of her favorite dishes. What I love about this, and I was just saying this to you, this is an approachable dish. Sometimes we have chefs on, and it's like 12 steps. I'm like, we, people can't make that. We can actually make this. Well, for the record, I do know how to make dishes that are 12, 12 steps. steps. <laughs> But, Don't get it twisted. But, She's also an expert. But, but at this time of year, when we're talking about light and easy, and we're in the the like 
a heat of vegetable yeah. season. Like this is, I just want to be eating simply yes. and quickly yes. and just, and it feels light and refreshing. Okay. So I have a pan that I started off with some olive oil and some garlic cloves. I just kind of broke the garlic cloves up with my hand and perfumed mm. the oil with a little bit of crushed red pepper. How many garlic cloves are we talking about? So like four or five. Okay. Oh. And you just put them in there until you start to smell them and mm. then they have fulfilled their garlic oh, destiny. Take them out. Okay. Yes. They have fulfilled <laughs> their garlic <laughs> destiny. They, it's just about perfuming the oil so we get like oh. garlic instead of garlic. Yes. Garlic. <laughs> so then I have some shrimp that I'm putting in there and we're just doing a quick little saute on these shrimp and then we take them out of the pan okay. so it's like we're cooking them about two-thirds of the way okay. because we're gonna add them in with our hot pasta and stuff in later we don't want them to overcook now got it so don't want to crowd the pan either no a nice even single layer okay. look at that you know something <laughs> All right, very, like very little something. so then very little. the shrimp come out of the pan we have our perfumed oil with a little bit of crushed red pepper you know we like a little spicy mm -hmm. yes we do and so that I have some diced zucchini. Perfect because they're in season. Zucchini, you know, I make this all the time for dinner at my house, and I switch it up between zucchini. Sometimes I add some tomatoes. Oh. Sometimes I might sub out zucchini and just cut some corn off oh. the cob. So whatever veggies in. maybe you kind of have yes, around. Yes, and anything that you like that goes with shrimp. Okay. So then we have some pasta cooking, and that goes right. And that's just spaghetti. Just spaghetti. Is there a reason you like spaghetti more than other pastas? This. I love the texture. When of you spaghetti. try it, you'll go. Yep, you get it. Uh, yeah. he, I mean, this also makes me feel like I'm a little bit on the Amalfi Coast, yes. in, you know. And to that end, I have some lemon zest and juice. We bring that really bright lemon flavor. Um, I have some oregano. 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 No, like oregano is also like at this time of year, everyone just goes straight for the basil. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm gonna I like oregano. It's a little kooky. It's, it's a little, very good. you know, very good. it's less overpowering too. Basil, it's like all basil, all basil, Yum. all day. So then you add the, you shrimp. Add the shrimp. So then we add the shrimp that have not in. been cooked fully. So right, they're cooked about two thirds of the way. Okay. Now I add a little bit of our pasta water. Oh. This helps. This is kind of like the glue that kind of holds everybody together. Okay. A tiny little bit of butter, okay. just to you know for that mouth feel yep. kind of thing. We stir Plus, that butter in. Butter makes everything better. That's what I say about bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so does Al Roker. <laughs> bacon, butter, something with be. Yeah. Amberell makes it better. Um, so now this is where things can get a little yeah, you know, I'm like, there's controversial. Something else. All right, let me watch. So you can, you know, there's a couple of schools of thought about this, about cheese in pasta seafood. with seafood. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I myself like it. Yeah. I understand if you're on the Amalfi Coast and the fish has come directly uh, from the Mediterranean, you know, but this I is amazing. This so whenever you a little do, bit of richness, like, yeah. it really helps the the sauce have a so nice just parmesan mouth cheese, feel. just a little bit That's of parmesan cheese, and a little bit of olive oil. We turn the heat off, so and we just toss it together, and voila. That's it. Yep, that's it. I mean, you could do that in like 20 minutes. Exactly. That's the point. This is this phenomenal. Is and it's like, you know, I get like a half a pound of shrimp for my husband and I for dinner for this oh. is perfect. So if I buy a pound of shrimp, I buy it, clean it, stick it so in the good. freezer. And bro, uh, way okay. to go.
Yeah, you have the zoodles. You could do zoodles. Oh, zucchini noodles and too. yes, if yeah, you're you a non-pasta <laughs> person, zucchini noodles are no, work pasta. really well. Also. Thank you, Ann. Oh. Delicious. For these recipes, it's today.com/food. And oh, by the way, you can catch Ann Burrell on Worst Cooks in America. Mm. Love at first bite over on Food Network. Delicious. All right, we'll be right back. So good. Tomorrow on the third hour, last minute Labor Day travel deals. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna, Chef Marcus Samuelson. Love Marcus. We all love Marcus. We'll see you back here tomorrow. (laughs) Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye bye.